some of us spend a lot of our lives thinking about what comes after this physical life we live. Is there something after this? What does it look like? How does it feel? Is there beer there? Can we experience anything like it while we're still here on Earth? Can I ask you something? Is, is this heaven? It's Iowa. Iowa? Being a resident of Iowa, I have plenty of arguments as to why it's not heaven, but sometimes when I'm exploring my own backyard with my family, driving down an interstate, highway, or even a gravel road, I feel happy. Very happy. Maybe this could be mistaken for heaven. Finding what hidden gems we have along all the corn and soybean plants that blanket our state. I can understand why John Kinsella made the mistake he did. In northeastern Iowa, we can still visit the Kinsella farm from the Field of Dreams movie, complete with the ball field outside of the town of Dyersville. Added after the movie was finished is a visitor center and souvenir store, but added most recently is a regulation-sized baseball park which hosts baseball games, and a few times now has even hosted exhibition games for Major League Baseball. A few minutes drive into the town of Dyersville lets you still know that the Field of Dreams is close, with murals and signs everywhere proclaiming it. Also in town is another unique experience, and the real reason I took my family on this trip. The ballpark was more of an incentive to get my kids excited about taking the trip. My wife and I, it was for some beer. Under the guise, we were just getting some lunch. We got everyone convinced to stop. I'm Andy Erickson, and in this episode of Thirsty to Explore, we're going to spend some time talking to Tom Olberding and Ashley Althoff from Textile Brewing Company about being in Dyersville, the benefits of the proximity to the park, restoring a historic building into a brewery, creating a green business, and the love of beer. Um, so again, thank you for, for joining. Um, if you go ahead and maybe give a quick little introduction of who you are and what you do for the brewery. Yeah, so I'm Ashley Altoff, and I am the marketing director for Textile. Um, I just, yeah, oversee the social media and all of the marketing that takes place. I'm Tom Olberding. I'm the owner of Textile Brewing Company, and I just kind of oversee the big picture things that, that we're doing and day-to-day financials. Uh, so can you give me a little bit of information about your brewery? Uh, well, Textile Brewing Company is an old sewing factory. Uh, it was a sewing factory for about 107 years, uh, from 1910 until 2017. Made everything from uh, flannel shirts for World War II troops in Europe to uh, mainly it's been known to be a um, pajama factory that made pajamas for the majority of its life. Uh, it closed in 2017 and we purchased it in 2018, so it really wasn't closed for long. And what we did was kind of um, peel away layers of what they had added on top of it and, uh, and got it back to its original. So it probably looks more like it did in 1910 than it has since 1910. So it's a pretty neat project. So everything in your tap room, uh, other than the chairs and the countertops, I believe, were found in the building when you purchased it. Um, I was kind of wondering, what was one of the weirdest things you found in the building? And is it Anything that you're currently using? Boy, uh, I think the um, the dumbwaiter probably was uh, the neatest thing we found in there. 
um, but we aren't using that anymore because it almost killed us one day. So we, we were trying to figure out a way to salvage the dumbwaiter so we could kind of use it as a, just to show people and um, turned out to be a little too dangerous to keep. But uh, the chain broke one day when we were trying to get things from upstairs to downstairs. And, and uh, one of us was uh, pretty close to being underneath it when it happened. So, but we did keep the uh, gears and everything and we have those displayed upstairs and who does the uh ops the object restoration or the conversions into what you're using them today yeah so there's a local artist that actually lives right in town right in dyersville chris heisman and he actually just does he has a business called retro purpose workshop on the side he's actually a senior toy designer for his full-time gig for tomi in town here and then he does that on the side and yeah he is kind of kind of a collector of all things he collects what a lot of people would consider junk but he just has this whole garage full of stuff that's his workshop so the things that he created like the lamps and the tables and some of the light fixtures and such they are a combination of his some of the things that he already had in his garage, but a lot of it was parts that he found from the sewing factory. Oh, and the tap handles too. So just kind of like a a cool mix of all the vintage stuff and little parts and trinkets that some people wouldn't think to do anything with. He used his artist brain and put that stuff together. He came in when we were renovating and he took a whole bunch of stuff to his place. And I mean, I don't, I didn't know what he all had, but even to this day, when we need something, he'll look through that, pile of stuff and he'll find something that he that he can use to create what we need yeah and I think it's cool too um I know um we say that we're community created and I think a lot of the everything together was a good combination of um local artisans and carpenters and crafty people and all that all those kind of people um like the signs and even some of the metal fabrication and the vinyl that's put uh, like that gives instructions and stuff. Like there's some vinyl cutouts on the door and stuff, but those were by a local, uh, local person, I guess you call him a fabricator. Um, So yeah, just lots of cool local collaborations. And I think it kind of pulled people out of the woodworks that are people didn't even know existed in Dyersville. And a lot of these people are doing these things for side gigs so it was cool that they got to be a part of the project. So that's what you guys mean by community-centered and uh, community-created? Yeah, I think yeah. it's that. And also the like the beer, I guess you can talk about that, the portions, certain portions well, of I the mean, beer. Well, I mean, in addition to that, we had, uh, we had some help getting some, some grants and things through our local um, um, economic development coordinator. And then the beer, a lot of the beer that we make, we try and use local ingredients. And... Um, here in the last year or so, we, we have a local, um, malter. So, you know, 20 miles from where we're at, this, this guy grows a lot of the grain himself, but what he doesn't grow, he brings in and he malts it and we're getting malted grain that's days or weeks old, which is really amazing and hard. You know, you don't see that very often. And then a lot of the hops that we use in our beer are grown in Iowa and we try and uh, feature those because they, they have a different um, flavor to them, like a Cascade hop grown in Iowa tastes and smells different than a ha- Cascade hop grown out in you know, the Western United States where most of the hops are grown. Yeah, and then even the, we have a beer that you pick 
based on the name that you choose, what you want it to be, it goes either towards one school or the other in the community. And 10% of the proceeds of that get donated every like quarterly, I believe. So yeah, just kind of anything that we can do to support the community and bring more vibrance to the community and keep it thriving is important to the brewery. Um, so I got one curiosity question for you. Well, I got a few, but we'll start with this one. Are you guys tired of all the field of dream stuff? I'm not. I mean, I can see what, why you would ask that. And, and it does come up a lot, especially this time of year. It's just constant. But, you know, I, I'm very proud of the fact that it's there and that it's been maintained with the integrity that it has. And it, um, obviously it helps us. So it's kind of hard to, to get sick of something that that's the way it does Um, yeah and I'll kind of give my I'll be honest I'm not a baseball fan I'm not a sports person I'm not anything like that so I I see the beauty in Dyersville in other ways because of family and friends and just other things that other parts of it that I think are beautiful um and so I'm not gonna lie there's sometimes where you know you hear you you get a little tired of hearing hearing about the field of dreams but I've seen I've learned to see the beauty of that also, because like last year when the game was happening, there were so many cool people visiting. And um, I think it's just really neat that they, they come there and I think they're expecting to have like a baseball experience, but a lot of them came to visit the brewery and um, it's really neat to show them what they have. Cause I mean, we've gotten comments like people are like, you could put this building in the middle of Portland, Oregon, and it would fit. And to me, that's a huge compliment because it's like, you know, we, we play a lot, play around with the baseball theme and we give into those people, but we also just are, you know, we, um, yeah, we stick to the historical theme and that community centered theme too. And I think that just really stands out and it draws more people in. The neat part about these, uh, the visitors is when they come in and, and they're just blown away by, uh, the field of dreams, but our town in general, and how clean it is and and how much they really love the brewery. Uh, it's, you know, the fact that these people are coming from all over the world to, to see this field of dreams and then they, they realize how great of a community we have. You know, I really appreciate that part of it too. Yeah, I'd say it's handy from a marketing perspective because the people, <laughs> you know, they're coming to the field and then they're like, oh, well, where can we go? And then we can show them what we have and they see, they might be like, oh, I did not expect a place so beautiful to be in a small town in Iowa. So that's really cool. So do you, would you say a lot of your patrons are more from out of town or are they more locals or regulars? I think it's a pretty good mix, but I'd say like probably most of them are new and from out of town and people comment all the time. They're like, I, people that do come more often, they're like, every time I come here and I look around about 75% of the room or more is people that I've never seen before. And I think for people in a small town that have grew, you know, they're, they're always around the same thing to them. That's shocking. They didn't think that would ever be a possibility. So yeah, it's really neat that there's so many new people. Wouldn't you say that? There's yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll come in people. on a Saturday and the place will have a hundred plus people in there and I'll look around and I don't recognize any of them. And that's pretty crazy for a little town like this, but um, you know, but we do need our, our local support and, they are there, you know, in the off season, we get 
uh, a lot of local support and you know on weekdays um, a lot of local support so uh, I, th I think a lot of the people when we were opening or planning and renovating uh, it's a big bush light area and a lot of my friends and acquaintances one of the top questions they would ask is if we're going to have bush light and <laughs> I would just say no I mean if I had a donut shop, am I going to have Dunkin' Donuts next to my donuts? Because I don't think mine are good enough. And, you know, it's just, and they say, well, you're not going to make it. I said, well, you know, I think we are. We'll, we'll just see how it goes. And now those same people are coming in and they're drinking, you know, a Vienna lager or a oatmeal stout or an IPA. And you would have, if you'd have told them that three years ago, they'd be drinking those types of beers. They would have said you were crazy. Um, have you had any cast or crew from the movie? Coming into the brewery? Uh, Dwyer Brown comes in frequently, and he's got a business in town now, um, or he owns a building that, that houses the uh, Field of Dreams Museum. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been, he's, he's around a lot. He's been great. I mean, he's just uh, very giving of his time. Um, anytime people come up to him, he's always very nice and, you know, takes pictures and things like that. Uh, as far as other people in the movie, I don't... No, it was kind of funny last year during the game because Kevin Costner's pilot, what was that? He yeah. apparently Kevin Costner's pilot told somebody that he likes to check out small places and, you know, check after he, or it was yeah. the night before the game and he was in there late, like 10 or 11 o'clock. And I was the pilot, yeah, was, the pilot yeah. was, and I wasn't there. And so the bartenders are like, they yeah, they right. warned us. They're like Kevin Cot. Well, oh, I like, think yeah, so. Yeah, right. That's Kevin Costner's pilot, and and then he uh, he pulls out a pictures in his phone about him and Kevin Costner on the plane and stuff like that. And so, okay, that's Kevin Costner's pilot, and he kind of hinted that he might be coming to the brewery yeah, at so, the day after the game was over on Thursday. Yeah. Right? So that next night, we were all the staff were kind of hanging out, but I think we just <laughs> had fun ourselves, yeah, and he never showed up. <laughs> But it was good. Um, Why well, don't uh, I know you got the, you, the brewery in Dyersville, but I know recently you opened up some satellites uh, around. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about those if people know of them? Uh, we have a uh, corner tap room in Cascade, which is about 15 minutes south of Dyersville. And it used to be a bar for years and years called the Corner Tap. And it kind of got run down and, and, this gentleman purchased the building and the building connected to it on Main Street. And he, the one half of it is a Happy Joe's pizza parlor. And the other half of it is now the corner tap room, which is our, our building. And so they serve the food and we serve the drinks and it works really well. We're connected. You know, you, you don't have to go outside to get to the other place. We share bathrooms and uh, we have, um, uh, select bourbons there and, um, you know, other spirits along with, you know, our beer and cider. Um, and then the other, the other facility just opened in May is called, uh, Textile Tap House and that's in Atkins, Iowa. And that is more, um, kind of like textile. We tried to renovate the inside of it as much as we could to add features that are similar to what we have a textile, we have the Edison bulbs that hang down from the ceiling and, and things like that. And Chris, Chris Heisen, yeah. the artist from Dyersville, also made a light 
there. Um, that one is made out of sewing machines, which is really cool. It's like literally suspended from the ceiling in these really heavy sewing machines. Um, and yeah, I guess I didn't even, the one, the one light that really stands out at the brewery is the, they call it the Fandelier, which is an old fan that was in the back of the building. And he took that and made it into this beautiful light over top of the bar. And that's at the main brewery in Dyersville. But yeah, he kind of, yeah, he so, tied in a few things and some tables and such at the tap house. And, yeah. and, um, that, and that has food and um, beer, wine, spirits. Uh, so it kind of has a combination of everything. Mm -hmm. and, and it has actually, there's like a wood background behind the bar that's local wood from a town near Dyersville. And then it also, the tables were actually hand built by another artist in Dyersville too. So they're like, they're real sturdy and they even all have, every single table has a name. She named them all and they're all written underneath the tables, which is really neat. Um, why don't you um, give us a little bit about the beer that you guys brew? I know you were talking about it that's a lot of locally sourced ingredients, but um, give us a little bit of that. Maybe let us know what's the favorite beer you've ever brewed. Yeah, I would, um, I would say, so Nick Ashton is the head brewer and then we have an assistant brewer, Joel Knoll, and they are really good at uh, sticking with like more classic traditional styles. They don't like things that are over flavored or, you know, like too fruity. I feel like there's kind of too, there's a brewery that will kind of go with the fad things. And then there's some that will try to stick with more traditional. And uh, they're really good at knocking out those classic styles. And yeah, we have a, we have several lagers on tap. Um, my favorite is probably the Vienna lager. And it, we made that, we've been making that for um, almost since the beginning, but it's uh, just a classic Vienna lager. And to me, those are the hardest ones to, to make because you can't hide behind your mistakes on a on a clean lager like that. So we make everything from from those types of beers to, um, to pale ales to IPAs to hazies, uh, sours. Um, but like Ashley said, we don't over fruit like our sours. We don't they're not fruit bombs. Our uh, milkshake IPAs aren't fruit bombs. We we add flavor and you know it's there but you still taste the beer underneath and that's kind of how we feel um beer should taste so uh, and yeah we um right now we have 20 beers on tap we try and keep 20 beers on tap all the time and every one of them is made right in our basement so we're pretty proud of that do you guys have any uh, to-go options if someone comes into the brewery yeah we have a can seamer so we can do individual um 19 ounce cans we're going to a 16 ounce can here in a little in a few weeks when the, that pallet comes in but um yeah you can order growlers. anything that we have on tap you can you can get to go as well as growlers um and to go with that beer i know you guys have some food options yeah there's um giant bavarian pretzels and you can get them with um th there's like all different toppings or you can just get a simple classic one with salt and they have beer cheese that they make with the Snuggie beer, which is their Irish red ale, and it's delicious. Uh, and then there's flatbreads and nachos, and there's a gluten-free crust flatbread option also. So it's a pretty simple menu, but it goes perfect to pair with the beer. And it's it keeps, it's I don't know, it, it just, it keeps it working well with the staff. The staff can flow and, you know, they can still have time to socialize with people and be a beer tender as well as a cook. Yeah, the kitchen's right out in the tap room, so you know everybody can see it. And uh, we originally we 
didn't know what to serve. We didn't want to have a kitchen with a fryer and a chef and all that. Um, so we just asked the community. We did a post and we asked what people wanted. And by and large, it was just, they just wanted food. They didn't really care what it was. They just wanted us to serve something. So we got together with uh, our food supplier and tried a whole bunch of different things. And then this is what we settled on. And it's turned out to be really popular. And I know I've seen on social media, you guys have some bands come in or some entertainment every once in a while. How, how often do you have those? And uh... yeah, there's there, we don't do bands too often because honestly, I don't know, it might it may sound a little, I don't know, cocky or whatever, but it's just like, it's always busy there. It's always really full. And when we have a band, it makes it even more really packed. And we usually have really good classic rock playing or like good old tunes. And that kind of gives the feel of the place. But when they do have bands, it's about twice a month. And it's just, it's usually some local people. Sometimes they'll, they'll pull in some bigger names. Sometimes they'll reach out to us. Um, I know there's a, there's a guy that we're going to have soon, maybe this fall that is actually from Australia and he recently moved to the area and he's kind of a growing, trying to grow himself as a country singer and he's pretty good. So that's kind of exciting, but otherwise there's usually a good mix of like alternative music. And we try to do some different, just different genres for everybody. Um, I would say our next biggest event coming up is besides the game and doing some stuff during the MLB week, uh, Oktoberfest. It'll be the fourth annual Oktoberfest in that's always, I think it's always a third weekend in September. So it's like yeah, the 16th, 16th and 17th, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's always like that first little part of the real Oktoberfest over in Germany. Uh, and so that's always amazing because we have the mugs and decorate. And we sometimes we'll have Barefoot Becky, who's a really popular. Oktoberfest musician. She is actually going to be at the actual Oktoberfest this year at that time, but we are planning on blasting Oktoberfest music. And it just, it's really cool because it gives that beer hall German feeling in Dyersville, which is something that didn't have before. And now it's become a pretty big deal. It kind of has that feel anyway. So when you add dried hops and, you know, Bavarian flags and, and dirndls and really you know, cool. Then you know, kind of really turns to feel like you're in Germany a little bit when you're there. Yeah. And a lot of people in the area hadn't experienced Oktoberfest or didn't even know what it was really until Textile brought it here, which is really neat because it's become kind of, it's like they've started a tradition again for that. Um, I know one of your prides is your uh, gold level Iowa green brewing certificate. Um, I know you see all the uh, solar panels on the roof, uh, but I know there's a lot more that goes into it than that. Yeah, that that was kind of me because I'm kind of the sustainability police. Uh, but yeah, I just so I also work for the Clayton County Energy District and another energy district in the area. And I was seeing all the benefits and the grants available with solar. And I mentioned it to Tom and he was actually able to get a really awesome grant. Uh, and it was kind of the perfect time to get it too, because it was when a lot of more incentives were available. Uh, and so it kind of started with that, I feel like. And then this Green Brewing reached out. They are awesome. It's an awesome organization out of, uh, out of you. Yeah, out of you and I. And um, so, yeah, they basically just come in and they tell, they walk you through or they, you tell them what you're doing, what you think you're doing sustainability wise. And they tell you where you can improve and they just work with you. So 
I think a lot of those things we recycle, we have sustainability in our mission. It's just kind of, it's important to us. We reuse our can carriers, we recycle our cans. Um, we don't go through much food waste and um, we have reusable glassware, reusable dishes. We have the solar, uh, which is huge. We have an EV charging station next to us, which is really cool. It kind of goes hand in hand with, it's like people have to park there and let their car charge for a while. So they explore the brewery and they go downtown and stuff. So that's perfect. Um, I know some other things downstairs, they put up lighting, the lighting. Oh yeah. All led lighting and just re the reuse of a lot of materials too. That's huge. That saves a lot environmentally. Um, and then something like technical, like there's those, they put those flaps when you walk into the cooler downstairs that holds more cold air in and stuff, but they're actually, we're going to be meeting at the end of the month again. And we're going to try to be, we're going to try to be platinum instead of gold. I guess it's like the highest and the next level, which is cool because I guess we'd be the first small brewery in Iowa, all the other ones that have that are larger. So that'd be pretty cool. That might be, have to be where we, uh, I know there's something where you, we can save a little bit more water with our beer making process and stuff. So we'll have to look into that a little bit. I know you guys uh, use your spent grain and you give it to local farmers. Do you know what they typically use that to grow or to feed or any of that? Uh, they feed cattle with it. So uh, we usually get two or three large garbage pails full of spent grain, depending on what beer we're making. And then the, uh, from what I, from what he's told me, he takes it to his farm. He lays it out on this concrete pad and lets it dry, and then he mixes it in with um, some of the other grain that he he gives his cattle, and it's high in protein and um, it's really good for them. So, uh, we, the same farmer's been getting it for three years, and he's very uh, reliable. So, um, you know, as long as he's wanting it, we're gonna keep letting him have it. And there's a line of people behind him that want it, so. Um, so we won't have any trouble, you know, passing that on to someone else if, if this farmer doesn't need it anymore. All right. Uh, well, I only got a couple more questions and these more just fun, get to know you kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to, so people can kind of get a flavor of who you are. Um, so I know Ashley said she's not a big sports fan, but, uh, I was wondering what's your favorite baseball team? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. She ask her if she can name a baseball team. No, that's not, no, I would say I actually, I mean, I, I've been to a Cubs game once and that's just a really cool experience because their field is so old and it's like so historical. And I just feel like you get that cool experience there. So I would probably just say them. Otherwise, Sometimes I say the Orioles just because I like the color orange and they, they're kind of unique and they have the color orange. <laughs> and they're right, they do. Yes, yes. That's right. there we go. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tim? Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I, when I was growing up, I was a, a Reds fan, but they were winning World Series back then. And I was, you know, young. And so that was cool because they were winning. And, uh, then as I got older, I just kind of started uh, Cub games were on the radio all the time growing up. And, and my college roommate was a huge Cubs fan. So I just kind of gravitated to the Cubs. So it's funny that they're both playing in the game next week because they're the two teams that I, I've pretty much been following since I was a kid. So, yeah, I'm not a huge, it's not a life or death thing for me. It's just more of a, 
I watch the sports on TV and, and see how they're doing. And that's kind of where it ends. Um, I was wondering if you, from either one of you um, or both of you, uh, what's your favorite Field of Dreams quote? You go yeah, first. Yeah, let me think about it. You go first. Um, the part that makes you cry. Which part? How old it? Yeah. That's a hard one. And I saw that question and I. I think my favorite, I guess I don't know about a quote, but my favorite part of the movie is just like when they're riding in the bus or in the van back and they're like getting to know each other and then they pick up the, I'm going to sound like I don't know anything, but I just, I don't know why that part just stands out to me. They pick up the guy and then they realize he's the player because they're trying to figure out like, okay, we don't know what we're doing here, but we're just going to keep following the sign these signs that we're getting and then all of a sudden it all made sense because they picked up the kid and they realized he was from back in time but i don't know a necessary quote from there i just know i like that part i mean the easy one is you know if you build it they will come and and we kind of turn that into our own little catchphrase if you brew it and the beer that we just had made and canned is named if you brew it and um, we also have shirts and stuff that we're that we sell it say if you brew it on one side and it's uh, I don't know I, I would say that's probably the most common one that pops into my head uh, you guys are all working at textile brewing do either one of you so I used to actually when I, I actually had home at classes in high school and I almost was to the point where I was going to make a whole quilt and then I ended up transferring schools and that, and then I kind of got out of it, but my mom taught me quite a bit growing up. And then that class, I would get into it again. She's told me before she's, she wants to take some classes with me or get into it with me again. So I would love to, I would love to get into it again. I re-sewed a button on my shirt once and that's probably the length, the length of my sewing and it didn't didn't (laughs) stay on very long. So I usually just give it to my mother. She's very, very good at it. So what's your favorite beer brewed outside of Iowa? Two-Hearted, probably, from Bell's, I would say that. And it's funny, mine is one from Bell's also. Mine is the um, Kalamazoo Stout. That is the absolute best beer I've ever had. And uh, what's your favorite vacation destination? Key West. Been there about four times, and I love it. Um, it depends. I guess I love to camp, but I, I also love to go international and I'm actually going to Greece in September. So that might become my new favorite spot. And I've been to Italy and that was amazing too. So I guess Europe in general. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have. Uh, thank you guys for being patient with me. <laughs> no, you're good. The Thirsty to Explore podcast is part of Brewerism.com, where you can go to search our database of over 11,000 breweries worldwide to help find your next brewery destination with information submitted by users who have traveled before you to help you plan your trip. Thirsty to Explore is hosted, written, and produced by me, Andy Erickson. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at thirstytoexplore.com or visit thirsty2explore.com for more information about the podcast and links to our social media accounts, as well as links to Brewerism. Until the next episode, please remember to travel frequently, drink responsibly, and love generously. Thank you for spending some time with us. Until next time.